Good morning, ICC. It's so good to be with you again for another online church service. Well, this morning, I really want to bring for you something that's been really heavy on my heart. And I'd like to say I'm getting used to this online stuff, but I actually can't verbally say that. But so, um, but I'm excited about the word that God's brought for us this morning. And I really wanted to really share something that I feel that like we need to really step into as a church collectively and just as a place that we just walk into a knowing, a certainty of the truth of what God's got. So let's bow our head wherever you are. If wherever you are in this world right now, let's just bow our head and invite the Holy Spirit to come on in. Father, we thank you, God, that no matter what is going on right now, you will fully aware that things were going to be still in this place and still like this, Lord God, and the challenges that we were going to have to face. So Father, we honour you for you still in control, Holy Spirit. And we thank you that, God, even though we don't understand the times or the seasons, you do, God. And we just want to ask your presence to be in this place, wherever we are right now, in the name of Jesus. Everyone say... Amen. Amen. So again, it's really good to have you. I just, I'm excited about the season that we're in. I know it's really still challenging of what we're going through, but you know what? We've started our Monday to Friday prayer meetings and wow, they've been phenomenal. People are coming in from all different places. Our family in ICC Kenya are joining us and they're coming in and we're just coming in. And do you know what? The enemy thought he'd shut down the church buildings but internationally, when other times were we going to be able to join with Kenya and start to have prayer meetings exactly alongside them? So at the same time, we're joining in, we're speaking prophetically, we're speaking in tongues together. What he's done is he's opened everything up. Everyone is being able to come in and just join. And where the Bible says two or three are gathered. See, there's a season where the Bible tells us, do not forsake the gatherings of his children. Do not forsake it. So there's a time and a purpose for the church to be together because there's something that happens in the collective moments that we're in. But right now we're in the season where we're going to, we're having to learn what the two or three gathered in my name mean right now because we're having to pull from each other and draw from each other's strength where there's only two or three being able to pray, to come into a prayer. But how amazing is it that we've been able to join in with each other all over the world now and just actually say, actually, I'm on my own in my house or I'm on my own with my family. But guess what? I've just joined with hundreds more as we come in and pray. So I want to just speak to you. From something that I really feel that we need to come in and start to cement into our spirit this morning. The statement I want to read to you is what David spoke. He said it in Psalms 139 verse 14. He said this. He said, I praise you, Lord, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made and your works are wonderful. I know them full well, he said. I praise you, Lord, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. I know it's just a part of the psalm that David wrote, but I just wanted to pull that statement out just at the beginning of today's message because I want to bring a highlight to something. See, when he said, I know full well, it means to know something. It means that you have knowledge about something. Or then and once you have knowledge about something, it means that you've possibly experienced something. So when David is saying that statement, he's coming from the point, he's like, I have knowledge and I've experienced that God, your works are wonderful. Even if I don't understand what's going on, your works are wonderful. And I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Because of the way that 2020 has started to pan out all over this world, we need to have this knowledge. We have to have it as an understanding and a knowing full well who we are. 
You know, the best exciting part is when we know who we are as a church, when we know that the DNA of our house is what we are. So when the government said to us, we can't open up with singing and prayer, we knew as who we are. We can't do church without a voice of prayer and a voice of worship. It's not who we are. So it wasn't hard to define that. But as a person, as you, as a husband, as a wife, as a, as a son, as a daughter, as a teacher, as a doctor, as a lawyer, whatever you are, are you fully aware? Do you have the knowledge that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, regardless of the season that we're walking through? See, I don't know when David wrote this. I don't know if he was writing it from a good place and if everything was going well. I know that David was attacked from many, many thousands of people. So I don't know, was this... Did he write this when it was in a season of his hardships? Because he wrote it in a place where he said, I know, I know, because life has caused him to experience it. And life has caused us to experience all different places of our understanding and our emotions. But until you and I understand and know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, you will live your life that is directed by the circumstances that is happening around you, directed by the storms and the roller coasters. If you don't understand that you and I are fearfully and wonderfully made, that our path is designed for us, to, for God to walk through and he will speak life into us. We don't know what if what he's saying is going to be what he knows for the moment, but he was being prophetic. I want, I, I want to take it from that angle. I feel that David was being prophetic. See, prophetic is speaking into what is coming. So there's seasons in our life. The Bible tells us there's going to be seasons of hardships. There's going to be seasons of challenge. There's going to be seasons of persecution. But he says there's seasons of blessing. There's seasons of authority. There's seasons of, of harvest and, 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 and blessings. So we've got to understand that everything has its time and its season. So I believe that he was being prophetic in what he's saying because regardless of the season that we're in, in this 2020, he's choosing to speak from where he is grounded in. And I want to encourage you, ICC, let's begin to speak prophetically. I know that what we're seeing right now, I know what we're challenging is that we're facing right now. I, I understand the political confusion that's going. I understand the religious persecution that we're, we're kind of starting to suffer but Isaiah says to me, Isaiah speaks and he says, but his glory hovers the earth. And that doesn't come and go according to the seasons that the earth is going through. The glory of God hovers over the earth. So I choose to be living in the knowing and the understanding of that. In this moment, we are going through hard stuff, but it doesn't direct my life. It doesn't direct my, my, my day to day. I want to speak to you this morning from Genesis chapter 1. I want to go right back to the beginning. I want to go right back to the very beginning where it all started. You know, and when most of you know it as, as a Bible story or possibly have broken it down. But I, want, I actually want to speak to you what God put in place from the very beginning of who you are. Once he created the world, once he put everything into its formality and he began to do it all, I want to pick up the word of God with you in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says this, And God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on this earth. So God created man in his image. 
in the image of God. He created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God, in verse 28, says, Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion, he said. See, after all that God had created, he wasn't complete until he did two things, until he spoke over these two parts of his creation. See, when he created things, he put things in place and he said, it is good. But when he got to this part, when he created man, he spoke about it. And it wasn't complete until he spoke two things about the man he'd created. He said he made man in his image, in matching like his matching likeness. He made him as a representation of him. See, that was the very first thing that God said that he has created man in his image, in his likeness, as a representation of him. See, the church, that is our greatest call on this earth, is that we live and reflect and a representation of who our God is. How do we do that? Easy. When we learn to forgive, when we have every reason to resent and to hold offence, when we learn to have peace, in a place of panic and fear is overwhelming. When we, when we choose to love, when we've been rejected and hurt, when we can bless people, when all they want to do is continually speak curses or hurt us, that is when we begin to act in his likeness. A few years ago, a few years ago now, uh, I had the opportunity to go to Brazil with my father, our senior pastor. And actually in the next couple of weeks, you're going to see our senior pastor and I are going to bring you just some footage of the work that we've been doing overseas in, in some orphanages that we as ICC, uh, we, we actually look after in Argentina and Brazil. And so we're going to show you some footage in that because we still want you to be able to give and bless because we're, we're closed is the physical building. But we and who we are has not changed. We are still blessing. We are still moving forward. So over the next couple of weeks with some of the team here at ICC, we're going to just bring to show you when you give to ICC, you are not giving to a church building. You are giving to a, a kingdom where he's pushing the, the things of God and, and bringing prosperity to so many communities. But a few years ago, I had the privilege of going with our senior pastor to, to Brazil and a few years prior to that, because our senior pastor goes and oversees a lot of the things that we do when we, when we go, we don't just, just give over things. We go with prayer and we know what we need to be doing. And so he goes and has an overseer and he spends some time just to make sure that we're, we're doing and, and using uh, the offerings that we're giving well. Well, I'd come off the back of two years of, my, of, of our senior pastors going, my husband and wife, my, my parents had been over just two years before and I had been, that I'd gone over. And I remember that when they'd been over, they'd brought lots of photos of what they'd been doing in Brazil and what had been happening and what the church had been planting and, and just the seeds that we were sowing. And so two years later, I had the privilege of going with our senior pastor. And I remember getting off the plane and, and due to something being uh, just separation in the airport, I was uh, shuffled into one corner and our senior pastor went a different way. So dad and I got separated in the airport. And so I didn't really know, but we knew that there was a driver waiting for us on the outside. So I'm standing in the middle of um, this airport in Santiago just going, I have no idea. I'm not understanding Portuguese as much as it's a beautiful language. I had no idea what was going on. And our pastor was somewhere else. He had a bit of experience from the language. And this person came up to me and he said to me, 
wow, you must be Pastor Maria's daughter. And I looked at this man and I was like, sorry? And he said, you must be Pastor Maria's daughter. Now, I don't know if you know everyone in ICC in Newcastle do know our senior Pastor Maria. I am her daughter, but I don't resemble her at all. For those who know her, she has blonde hair and green eyes. I do not have blonde hair or green eyes, nor have I ever had blonde hair or green eyes. But there was something about that moment that he looked at me and he said, you are Pastor Maria's daughter. And when I went to the church, walking into this grand church, there was thousands of people there waiting for us to come in. And just by looking at him, even not standing with my own father, they looked at me and they said, you are Pastor Maria's daughter. And I was like, how did these people know that I'm Pastor Maria's daughter? Do I look? I don't look anything like her. But there was a reflection. There was something about me that reminded them of her spirit and her presence in that place. And I began to resemble my mum in those things. Something about her reminded them. Something about me reminded them of her. We become portraits, pictures of what Christ is like. We become and we reflect who he is. So when people see you, do they go, but how did you do that? How did you not let fear and anxiety come in? How did you not begin to get worried and start to panic? When couldn't you hear? The thing is, if we want to hear what the media has got to tell us, all we are going to hear is negativity because that is what is driving the world because the world is under the influence of the enemy. We are not hearing the recovery rates. We are not hearing the people that are coming out healed because it has got a great recovery. All we're hearing is a negative because it is enemy driven. It is fear driven. So you're not going to hear it. But you and I, we have to be Christ-like. The Bible says you're created in his image. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. God knows exactly who you are. And he was so secure in that. Listen with me, church. He was so secure in making you and I so well that he knew that he made this next statement. And it's amazing. I want you to listen to it. He was so positive in what he'd done was well with you and me. He said this. He said, be fruitful and multiply. See, when God said, you know, a lot of us, we take that part of the scripture and we go, be fruitful and multiply, have lots of babies. And hey, hey, amen to that. And I know our church is growing even in this season of COVID within the multiplication side of it and being fruitful. But let me just tell you, as I began to pray about that, I actually felt that God was saying, I want you to be fruitful, Marilla, and I want you to multiply. Multiply yourself, Morella. I want you to begin to multiply. He is so secure when he created me. He knew my faults. He knew my stuff. He would knew my, 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 my weaknesses. And he said, but I've called you to be in my likeness. And I want you to multiply yourself. So when he said that, he spoke over senior pastor Tony's life. He said, multiply yourself and continue to raise great church leaders across the world. He spoke into my life and he says, Morella, multiply yourself. Continue to pull out the legacy that God has called you to walk in. Moms, dads, teachers, lawyers, doctors, wherever you are, whatever your title is, that you walk on this earth, multiply yourself. Moms, raise your children up well so that when people on the outside look and say, I want my kids to reflect them. I want my, my marriage to reflect that. See, people, 
God's saying, I want you to teach people how to love in a broken world. I want you to teach people how to rebuild after broken marriages. I want you to teach people how to heal after breakdowns. Multiply yourself. He was so secure in what he'd done with you. He knows the seasons. He knows the challenges that we're going to face, but he still spoke. And he said, the thing I want you to know is that you're created in my image. You're a reflection of me. And I'm so secure in that I want you to go out and multiply yourself. But see, the enemy's one tactic, the enemy's one tactic is in John 10.10. It says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. We know that. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. The word steal is to take without permission. He doesn't ask for your permission to take your joy. He doesn't ask your permission to take your marriage away. He just goes in and takes it. That's when he steals the promises of God. It says the enemy comes to steal, kill. The word kill means to cause death, defeat and failure. So he wants all of those active in your life. He wants you to feel the death of your brokenness. He wants you to feel the death of things and defeat and failure. But the word destroy, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. The word destroy means this, to end its existence, to end its existence. The enemy's plot against your life is to come and steal, take without permission, kill, bring you to the point of death and then destroy you so there is no more existence of you. God says multiply yourself. The enemy says I want to destroy your existence because he knows your existence is powerful. His plan is to end our existence because if he can destroy your existence, you can't multiply yourself. You can't continue to do the what God has done, which is what God said. God is so confident in you right now. God loves you so much just the way you are that he declared, I want you to multiply yourself because I know who I've created in you. I want to go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 now. That was in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, where he spoke about us, that he's created as us as his representations on this earth. But in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says this. Then the Lord took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree in the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, remember knowledge is something that you understand, of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you shall eat it, you shall surely die. And the Lord God said to him, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So in that part of that conversation, Eve wasn't created yet. That was just a conversation between God and Adam. And he said to him, this this is it. In this garden of Eden, I want you to tend to everything. I want you to have this. I want you to flourish from this. I want you to, to move on and enjoy it. He said, but this place of knowledge, that I don't want you to touch. It was a place where he was saying to Adam, of all the goodness that I've done, there's a part in your life that I don't want you to be able to obtain from anything else. It has to come to me. See, knowledge, we have now drawn knowledge from our media, from our Google, from our internet. We've got knowledge coming everywhere. But God said, no, no, knowledge was created 
for you to go and find it from God. Because a tree can be there to present good and evil. But God says, I don't want you to go to that tree. I don't want you to go to that tree. So where are you to go when you need to find out knowledge? You need to go back to him. We need to go back to him. Because for everything else, there was provision in the garden. But for knowledge, he said, I want you to come back to me. I want you to find that in me. He didn't give a place of provision for knowledge. So it had to be back to him. And in that conversation, Adam, with God and Adam, Eve wasn't there. So let me take you to the conversation now that Eve is here. Eve is included now. It's in Genesis chapter 3. And Eve is created and she's there. And then there's this, this, is, there's this conversation that happens with the enemy. This is what happens. The first time we ever hear about the enemy is in Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent who was more cunning than the, any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made, he said to the woman, this is the enemy speaking to Eve, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman replied to the serpent, oh, no, we may eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest we will die. Then the serpent said to the woman, oh, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to her eyes and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her and he ate also. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they then were both knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig, they sewed fig trees together and made themselves covering. And when they heard the sound of the Lord walking into the garden in the cool of the day, Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called out to Adam and said, where are you, Adam? So he replied, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. And he said, this is God. Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Then the man said, the woman who you gave to me, she gave me the tree and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, what is it that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Now there is so much that I could just go on about that. And I love that story. And I think every woman is going to go to Eve and go, hey, hey, girl, we, you, you and I have to have a conversation about what you did at that time. And we were, we were to just really focus on what happened after that. But do you know what? The truth of the matter is Satan never forced Eve to eat the tree of the fruit of the tree. He never enticed her in telling her, oh, have you got no idea what you're missing out on if you don't actually try it? You're missing out on so much. He never. All he did was questioned her. He said to her, are, are you sure that God said that? So the first word spoken by the enemy into humanity was a question. Is that what God said? And this question made even question herself. Had she heard correctly? Was the information that she received, even though she was third party to it, was it correct? Let me just tell you that that's all the enemy wants to do is make you question your position and your authority 
and your existence on this earth. What did God actually say? Did he actually say that he was going to heal you? Well, yeah, he did. Because his promises says that by his stripes, I can believe for healing. Did actually God say that he would provide for you? Can't you see what's going on? Yeah, I can see. But God says to me that he is my provider and nothing else. But what he was actually asking Eve is this. He was actually saying to Eve, actually, Eve, do you actually believe what God said is true? His one intention was to find out how much, Eve, are you willing to hold on to what you actually know that God has said? Or could he convince you to abandon what you know for what you are seeing in this very moment? Could he actually convince you to abandon what you know because of what you're seeing and experiencing in this moment? Could he convince you to abort everything you know and move away from God? See, because the Bible says that as they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of day, Adam said that they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. The sole intention of the enemy is to separate you from God so that you aren't knowing and hearing from the voice of God, to break your relationship with the one who gave it all for you to live. The Lord said to Adam, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice, but I hid myself. I heard your voice, but I can't take it anymore. I hid myself. And you know what God said? Who told you? God said to him, who told you? Where did you get this knowledge from? that you are naked. Let me say something to you, ICC, wherever you are. The person that you are giving permission to speak into your life right now is influencing you. The person that you're allowing to speak into your life right now is influencing you. You are aligning yourself with them. You are aligning yourself with them. Who are you aligned with? Who are you aligned with? The enemy in one, in one sentence, in one statement, he was able to release shame into their life. He was able to release rejection into their life. He was able to release abandonment into their life. He made them feel so neglected and so disgraceful that they hid themselves away. And all that God was trying to do was protect them. The only thing that God said is just don't eat from that tree, from that tree, from that tree, the tree of knowledge, he said, do not eat it. But the tree of knowledge stood there for a purpose. Let me go. Because of time, I'm going to just quickly go through something. I want you to realize that the knowledge that you and I have is because of our experiences, because of our world understanding. It is things like that. But God says, I want you to draw near to me and I want you to come closer to me and hear my voice. Because the Bible says that he that knows him, knows his voice. And see, the very, very, very first thing that the enemy tried to do was bring a separation in because while he can separate you, he can lie to you and he can steal, kill, and then he can destroy your existence. Well, he separated them, but that tree had a purpose. So let me just go. I know that time is against me right now. See, I'm getting into the movement of this online stuff because I'm already overgoing the time. See, what happens is it doesn't make sense. Why God said everything, but don't go to the tree to acknowledge. I want you not to go and touch that. 
See, this is what it said. Do not eat of every tree. See, Satan and Eve had this conversation as we realised. And Satan said, do not eat of every tree in the garden. And the woman said, oh, no, no, no. I can eat of every tree in the garden, not just of the fruit of which is in the midst of the garden. Let me hit just let me just stay with me, ICC. She breaks it down. She repeats back to the enemy what it was. She said, no, no, we can eat of everything, but we just can't eat of that tree that's in the middle of the garden. She refers to it as it's just, just another tree. It's, it's just another media report. It's just another statistic. She didn't understand that it had a significant moment. But let me tell you, the enemy knows because what the enemy said back to her was this. You should not surely die. God knows that in the day that you eat, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God because you will know good and evil. See, the enemy defined that tree that God said don't touch. The enemy defined it. That tree is a tree that will tell you about good and evil. And he said, that tree has a purpose. It's a tree of knowledge. But the woman just referred to it as just another tree. See, he knew exactly what that tree was. He acknowledged the tree was a tree of knowledge because he knows. See, the enemy knows God and he knows that everything that God created, including us, he created it with a purpose. And this tree had a purpose. And the enemy, without knowing it, he was telling Eve, you don't understand, Eve. To you, it's just a tree. But everything that God created has a purpose. And for everything that God has said, there is a reason. And in one full sentence, ICC, Satan was able to identify to Eve, this tree had a purpose. And you have no idea of the power and authority that this tree has. Satan knows that God would never say no to something unless it had a greater purpose. He knew that this purpose of that tree was to release a level of wisdom and understanding that could not be obtained in the natural realm. See, we don't know how to make sense that we can believe for the impossible when the world says it's impossible. We are called to live in a knowledge that our God is greater than anything we're going through and it cannot come from obtaining something in the natural. We've got to push into what we declared 2020 was going to be, a year of supernatural where we knew that God was going to move into our year. See, the enemy said that tree has a purpose because everything God does has a purpose and that tree that God had created had a purpose to bring knowledge. But you just allowed it to be a tree. See, Satan went directly to the point, the one thing that would keep us directly connected to God. See, that part, that knowledge keeps us directed to God, keeps us right in the core of God. God, what do you want me to do for this season? God, how do I face this pandemic? How do I take my business through this? How do I take my marriage through this? How do I raise my children through this? See, the knowledge comes from God because the world and everyone else around it has told us how to do it and it's not succeeding. But do you know that the people of God are called to actually succeed and be successful and blessed through this season? Stop devaluing yourself, church. You have a purpose and a destiny in the name of Jesus. You have a purpose and a destiny. God said, you're a representation of me. In that workplace, you're a representation of me. Stand strong and multiply yourself. That's what he believes in you so much. He's asked you to multiply yourself. Right now, I don't know where you're coming in from. 
Maybe you've walked away from God because the church building closed its doors. You have no idea how to get connected. Well, I'm telling you this, that you don't get connected because of people. People we come in as together, there is strength in all of us, but you need to get connected. You need to get before God and find God because God is there waiting for you. So I want you to bow your head wherever you are right now and I'm going to pray for you. I want you to come back to God. I want you to start seeing that relationship. You walked away for maybe, maybe different reasons from God. Maybe you don't know God, but I'm telling you, the enemy has been out to separate you from God, but your existence is from God. So Father, right now, I'm praying for those specifically that don't know God right now, Holy Spirit. You know their heart. You know that they are feeling something right now. They've been hearing my voice and they're just feeling something incredible, God. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to right now speak to their life. And I want you to come in right now and just begin to talk to God. See, just have a conversation with God. Just talk to him. Just tell him that you're ready to start to lead this life. So, Father, we ask you to come into this moment, Lord God. And Father, we just want to say, Holy Spirit, that we know that our existence is for a purpose. And for such a time as this, that we are here to face this pandemic. We are here to raise up the church that is coming out after this season, Father, to stay strong in all that we have. Father, we know the hand of God is upon us. And we declare and we decree that all things are possible with Jesus Christ. Church, if you don't know him, and you've just had a conversation for the first time with God, won't you let us know and text our church number or the number before or find a local church wherever you are and find someone to help you go through that journey of learning how to get knowledge from God in Jesus' name. Everyone shout, amen.